1: folks and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of Typology and we're happy to have you here with us. we got a great show in front of us. Before we get to the show, I want to remind you to join us on social media via Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Ian Morgan Cron and you can also follow us on social media at Typology Podcasts. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y podcast. And also, folks, if you love the show, please leave us a review. It helps point people to the show. On the show today, we have authors and podcasters Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. We're going to be talking about the Enneagram and how it's useful in understanding ourselves in the context of relationship and even marriage. It's going to be a great show, and I know you're going to enjoy it. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And without any further ado, here is the host of our show, ian cron
2: audrey and jeremy welcome to typology thanks for having us ian yeah. pleasure yeah man i love the idea that we're going to be talking about marriage
3: yes
4: yes Fun we do too stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh as we were talking earlier you're just getting ready to do a book tour
4: yes we are we're actually leaving at the time we're recording this right now we are leaving for the tour in two days so yeah. so we're, we're like all hands up. on
3: deck Sales, sales are dropped, ready to catch wind here for sure.
4: Yeah.
2: Sure, so, I know that feeling. So tell me, just tell me about the book.
4: Yeah. So do you want to? Yeah. So
2: the book, by and large, is our,
3: the narrative of kind of our love story, at least up until the first couple of years of being married, and just the process in which we went about it, what we struggled with, what we succeeded at, and We're kind of labeling it the prescriptive memoir in the sense that it is our story, but there's definitely some helpful tools, tips and inspiration throughout it on how to be more creative, intentional and faithful in your love Mm -hmm. story. So that's what we hope people get out of it. They put it down feeling ignited and inspired to do just that. Pursue a creative love story, an intentional love story and a faithful love story. So we had a lot of fun writing it. It was kind of fun writing your love story with your lover you know right it was a fun experience and
4: even and like you know jeremy and i obviously we've only we've only been married for five years and so like really the book is just kind of like this short few chapters of our grander love story but we felt like just we're super passionate about the topic we're super passionate about relationships and marriage and We thought, you know, there's not a lot out there for how to prepare for marriage. And that's what just we were finding when we were in that season of dating and engagement. There's not a lot, and especially from a Christian perspective on the topic. So um, we were really fortunate to have been really well poured into by just couples who have been there, done that, and we're in a season of life ahead of us. And so we kind of leaned on their knowledge for a lot of the stuff that we wrote about in the book. but also just our own stories and failures and shortcomings and yeah. all of it. So um, we hope it can be a tool for people wherever they're at in their love story, whether they're single or they've been married for a while. Um, we think there's things in the book that could be helpful. So,
2: That is fantastic. Well, did you guys know the Enneagram when you were dating or before you got married?
4: We did not no, like learn Two it. years ago, I yes. think, is when we first Until heard Until we it. were married
3: and it has yeah it's by and large totally revolutionized i would say the way we communicate we knew myers uh,
4: briggs even and the we way knew we knew love g- languages
3: even the way we launch and start new projects has shifted like it's yeah. fundamentally f- and foundationally kind of shifted mm-hmm. the way we approach most things and so we're we're big
2: fans yeah so don't you wish that you'd had the enneagram before you got married yes oh yeah
4: absolutely yeah. and we tell we actually talk about that in the book we say you know, we, we did know these things. We knew love languages. We knew Myers-Briggs. Yeah. We were into personality, self-development for self-growth tools, but we hadn't heard of the Enneagram yet. And it would have been such a lifeline. Well, yeah.
3: Well, the Enneagram is also making its resurgence, I f- resurgence, I feel, you know, yeah. and poking its head back up Definitely. out of history. So it makes sense. We hadn't heard of it. But.
2: So, uh, what, what, if you, if you'd had it, let's say, yeah. let's say someone had used it as part of your premarital counseling. And by the way, mm-hmm. that's something I tell people all the time. It's like, I've actually thought about doing uh, yeah. like a, a, a weekend for people that are planning to get married. And it's like, awesome. yeah, like if I'd only known like my wife yeah, and I look at like amazing. we've been married a lot longer than you. But yeah. I'm yeah. serious. We, we look back and we go, ding, dang it. If he'd only known. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That yeah. would be amazing. You should so, do that. <laughs> totally. So if you'd only known Great. that you were an eight, Audrey, and Jeremy, you're a nine, Mm-hmm. like how would that have changed things if you'd known about eights and nines prior to, to getting married like what would have changed what would have what yeah What? Would, how would it have been different
3: yeah i mean i feel like there's learned experience and there's told experience and so for us three years into marriage we were learning in a very real way like okay we're approaching things, not mm-hmm. just from our backgrounds, not just from my family structure, mm-hmm. her family structure and all, because marriage is the collision of oneness, right? It's two different things, be, trying to become one and acting that out every day. So our personalities were trying to do that. And we were experiencing, I would say, <laughs> the the tension there. Um, and then we found the Enneagram and it we felt like we were like, oh, Oh, I, I totally get it. Like Audrey's reacting to stress right now. I'm reacting to stress and the two ways we react are completely, mm-hmm. you know, different. And if someone would have told us that beforehand, like, Hey, listen, your personalities are going to collide in these ways. And, you know, this is a good way to, it would have been awesome. I think it would yeah. have, we would have just gone into those first two years, I think a little bit more, um, prepared, I feel. Yeah.
4: And I think you know, one of the things our premarital counselors always told us was be students of yourself and be students of your spouse. And if you can do that, you know, so much of conflict within marriage comes from misunderstanding or not understanding. And so we just, you know, we wanted to be students of ourselves and we want to be students of each other. And I think just any tools that you can get that help you do that and Enneagram being just one of them. But I think the thing that I love most about the Enneagram is just how it's so layered and so dynamic and so different from any of the other ones. And, um, that's just been like really helpful in not letting things that Jeremy and I do like, you know, Jeremy and I, we have our own sets of strengths and weaknesses within our marriage, but those strengths and weaknesses, like those weaknesses, for example, we don't want the enneagram to be an excuse for us to continue in those weaknesses right but we also you know want to learn certain things i think you know for me as an 8 and as a wife there was a lot of times in the beginning of our marriage and dating relationship where i was like why can't you just do this or why aren't you just as passionate like wanting to make him be like me as opposed to meeting him where he's at and his and and just accepting him for who he is and some of his character traits that just are that aren't necessarily bad or sinful that or whatever. They're a just gift. different. Right. <laughs> and not that I'm letting him be an ex- like letting him just write it out as an excuse, like I mentioned, you know, obviously we both want to change and grow. But yeah, yeah I think it just would have been so, so helpful and is for us now. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um one of the things that I um when I talk to couples who are eights and nines and when I've, you know, done some counseling one of the things that's so interesting is the power dynamic.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, with eights and nines, you're both in the anger triad, mm-hmm. but the way that you express anger could not be more different. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is so different. Your yeah. communication styles could not be more different. Um, yeah, and uh, what what often happens? I can remember one time being with a couple, and um, the, the the stereotype is the dominant compliant. Right. You've mm. got an eight that's dominant. You got a nine who's compliant. Right. And mm. so people tend to think that's the dynamic. Right.
0: Mm. Yeah. But
2: if you ask a couple in counseling, uh, I'll say, well, okay, tell me now, like, uh, who has the power in this relationship? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who has yeah. the Power yeah. in here. Yeah. And then the eight will smile and look huh. at the nine and say, he does, <laughs> or she does, huh. depending on who the nine is. Like the yeah. eight will tell you the nine has power. In ways that people don't see. Right. Yeah. It's not as obvious. So what's the power dynamic in your relationship like? Mm.
4: Yeah, it's
3: interesting. Yeah, that's so Jer- interesting. Jeremy,
2: you're smiling and you're laughing the way yeah. that the guy I asked that question of once did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: um You know, it's so funny because Wow, this could get a little crazy.
2: <laughs> oh, let it because too- <laughs> oh, this I'm begging crazy, you.
4: Know? We could have some heated fellowship here. Yeah, <laughs> or some uh, heated
2: fellowship. Yeah. I dig that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's talk about
2: power uh, dynamic. Yeah,
3: um, yeah. I mean, I would say I'm. It's so funny because we both show power differently mm-hmm. too, and so. It, depending on the person that we're interacting with, they might have complete opposite interpretations with who, who wears the power. Cause, cause I don't translate power as the loudest. Like there's a quote I love the, the volume of your voice does not determine the validity of your argument. Mm-hmm. And so some people will think like, Oh well, like Audrey's coming in. She's loud. She's got these ideas and stuff. Like she's got a, she's got the elements that the make up power in my brain. Um, But for us, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just stalling right now, but (laughs) because I don't (laughs) want to say it. But I mean, I would say Audrey and I, we I definitely have a leadership role.
4: Jeremy also is in an interesting nine because I think growing up in the public eye and being an oldest child and just the dynamic of his family, too, has made him such a leader. Like he's a leader in his family, is a leader among his friends, like. And people have Jeremy's whole life and not, and now, you know, on social media looked up to Jeremy like he's kind of had that maybe more than your typical nine or average nine. I don't know. Totally. But,
3: and if, and if, if if I'm in a room and it gets loud, you know, I feel like I've got a leadership quality or a power, no, I don't want to call it power play, but there's a sense of like, I'm not going to compete with, with like, with audacious movements and my voice. I'm just going to walk out of the room. And then before I know it, everyone will be in the next room, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I feel like that's an interesting, uh, it's just interesting how people interact with power, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or, or how, and I think a lot of that's how it's shown too. But for Mm -hmm. Audrey and I, I would say, I would say we're a really, really good team, Mm -hmm. you know, like Audrey's got her moments. I've definitely got my moments, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, I practice, the the being the leader of our family and Mm -hmm. kind of making a lot of final decisions and audrey looks at me to do that Mm -hmm. and that's how we've decided to move forward in our in our relationship um Mm -hmm. and how we do things and it is a call uh, for me to step up to the plate in many ways because i will tend to be more passive in Mm -hmm. some areas i will tend to go on a vacation and say oh yeah, we should probably rent a car, you know. And yeah, sure, <laughs> let's let's go to the beach. Thing, like,
4: <laughs> we work together, and so we do this. Like, we work together, and our um our our friend and employee that works for us, Dan. Yeah, he will often say like, "Oh, is Jer on free time? Is Jer free time over? Because like we'll be working, out. and like Dan and I will be s- way more similar personalities, real fired up about something, and then we'll look to Jer and He's like on his phone doing something well they tapped and out
3: my mana like, and i'm like i gotta is free time power here. over?
4: like what happened <laughs> where's jerry yeah
3: so then but then i come back and i'm coming back with my ideas and it's good but yeah <laughs> we, we we have fun for sure but i i see like how delicate i was with that babe i really danced through that i feel
2: <laughs> yeah well you know i was actually about to comment on the fact that the communication style of nines is called epic saga Oh, really? Because they get That's started right. and they riff, and they <laughs> just start talking, and it goes on and on, and you go, "When's he gonna? When's he gonna answer the question?" Yes. You know? yeah, yeah, they're really good at dodging not, a bullet. I've not heard of that.
4: You've not heard, that, heard of that. No, I that.
2: Right. Well, the AIDS communication style uh, sometimes is uh, called um, uh, authoritative. You know, they're very it's commanding. Oh, yeah, it's uh, commanding, uh, aggressive. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mom is an eight. My daughter is an eight. Oh. Both of them have red hair. Oh, Whoa, funny. right? Yeah. For those, yeah. Of, obviously, people LMA. can't see you, Audrey, but yes. you know, yeah, you have uh, <laughs> you have darker red hair than my my, my two have more carrot, orangey, yeah. yes. free, you know, like wild, you know, orange. Yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing. Um, uh, when they talk, I I like to say that their talk style is more like barking. You know what I mean? Because they can oh, get yeah. this barking command thing. You're know, like, uh-huh. do this! Do that! You know, it's like, yes. you know, uh, yep. they, they just come in pointing at things and telling. They're the only people I know who will try and tell an inanimate object what to do. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, 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 like, yes. They're going to say, tell the oven or the refrigerator to do something. And actually, they do. I mean, you yep. know, the okay. eggs have that, that It takes...
3: Yeah, I Wait, so what, what are I you, think? What are you, Ian? What's your... Ben? I'm, I'm a four. You're a four. Okay. okay. Yeah. So... It's interesting because Audrey's and my person or our communication style, like Audre will come in and I will. It's funny; it almost works really, really well because I will let her bark, or do her thing, you know, like <laughs> yell. It's this guy, do you got to do this, blah blah blah. I
4: don't. And then I'm yell I'm at engaging. I've learned how to get do it. I about topics, but like, but but, but, but like when I'm on, in the garage Grace. or do,
3: when I'm in the garage working, because I have a chair in the garage, and you come in, and next thing you know, there's a laundry list in front of me, and. I'm gracious. I'm like, yes, okay, awesome. But I don't let it get to me because it very easily could. Yeah. You know? And then, but then you, I come in and I've done two things because I've got my own list, but I'm not going, I've learned not to compete (laughs) with the energy because I have a specific amount of mana and I will run out if I try to compete with it. But wow. then like
4: I, but then, I, but then I need him to compete with it sometimes because I feel like Which is something I've he's learned not listening as well. or he's not like, like I need to have a reciprocal, like the perfect example is when we're driving and Jeremy is like a daredevil and nothing. He's no. invincible in any driving situation. Right. So he is no. like, yes. And so if we get, you know, close to, and we also have old cars, like all Jeremy, we have three cars from the 1970s. So Jeremy and I break down a lot. And so we get in these situations where it's, you know, a little bit stressful and everything's fine for Jeremy. Just like hammock on a beautiful day. Right. We're on the side of the road, stranded in the snow, waving jumper cables. And Jeremy's just calm, (laughs) cool and collective. And like, I just I need Jeremy sometimes to I need Jeremy to meet me where I'm at. Like, I need him to go. Yeah, babe, this this is this sucks. This is not like, you know, this is stressful. We're about to leave for a book tour in two days. Yeah, we got a lot to do. Like, you know, sometimes I just need him to like make me feel like I'm I'm not a telling her to calm down and enjoy
3: (laughs) the moment. Only worked for about a month.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
2: So, y'all want to go there?
4: Yeah, let's go there.
2: All right. So this is very funny because I was watching you at the beginning of the conversation. I asked Jeremy a question. Jeremy started to answer the question and then it kind of went to Epic Saga. We started to kind of roll off into the ether a little bit. He was sort of, I think I'm not sure he remembered the question about halfway into the answer, and then yeah, he, but he yeah. kept going like a good nine. And then, <laughs> and then Audrey, you jumped in and answered the question. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. if I were a marriage therapist, which I am, I, um, I would be like, did we just see the dynamic there? Like, you guys, now that can be a great partnership or not. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah definitely. Yeah, right. Totally. That can be a good
2: right. thing or not such a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Right.
4: And I think it's S- both for us sometimes. You know, like I think it is.
2: Yeah. Well, I want to hear what he has to
3: say. Yeah. I'll what do you? What th- th- yeah. Tell, spew <laughs> us some
4: of your marriage therapy. Come on. All right. <laughs>
2: well, I'd say it can be a good thing if the eight is sensitive and the nine is receptive. Um, that you know the eight can kind of step in and. Bring the nine into focus, you know, help yeah. the nine get, get a little more focused. Yeah, yeah. But the eight has to be careful that they don't rob the nine um, of what they have to say, of who they are, and or because a nine is oftentimes, I mean, very willing sometimes to fade into the background, and the mm. eight is determined not to. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. So the eight has
2: to be careful that they don't um, reflexively jump in and take... Control and assert power over the other and the environment mm. too fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. like take a deep breath. Let Jeremy answer the question or not answer mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. Up to J- up to Jeremy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right. <laughs> totally.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it can be v- like anything else in life, right? Um, I always believe that with the Enneagram, any two numbers are great together to the degree that they're self-aware and healthy. OK, so with you guys, again, you know, it's a matter of negotiating uh, our differences, appreciating appreciating and negotiating differences, I think, is so important. Hmm. Now, Helen Palmer has a great sort of thing about eights and nines. She says, uh, she asked the question, what happens when an irresistible force meets an immovable object? Yeah, yeah, I've heard hmm. this. Yeah. Can you answer the question? <clears throat> What happens no. when an irresistible force, the eight meets an immovable object, the nine dangerous velocity
3: uh, frustration
4: <laughs> frustration
3: yeah, frustration happens <laughs> yeah, inertia of some kind, I don't know which direction it's going, but um yeah, wow, I don't know uh l- l- laid on us
2: well, I mean, no, I'm asking you the question i think I think um this gets back a little bit to the power dynamic, right. Yeah,
3: because yeah. um, I feel like it, it becomes who can beat the door harder or who can hold her ground longer. Yes. You know?
2: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, it has to. It has to do, I think, too, about the two different ways that you guys um, express anger. Hmm. Hmm. Again, people don't tend to... I mean, they don't see it. Uh, I'm married to a nine, so I know a lot about nines. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, what they don't see is how... Okay, so an 8 is a driver driver, right? You're you're just powering forward, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um and you love that energy. You love that forward momentum, uh kinds of uh uh energy and you know, making things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think what'll happen though is if if uh Jeremy isn't into what's going on, right? Then then stubbornness breaks out. He becomes immovable. Right? Yeah. You won't see it, but that's the anger, right? Mm-hmm. Your anger Audrey comes out externally right at a, at a million miles an hour, you see it, it's obvious, whereas for Jeremy, it's not obvious you, yeah, but the anger is there. it's just coming out sideways in sort of a passive aggressive fashion
4: mm-hmm. right so stubborn. yeah more, like, that true. is more true would you true, say
3: I'm passive aggressive though babe I don't I don't know
4: yeah I'm way more <laughs> this so this is the than most aggressive. loaded conversation
2: this is like I'm babe would you say i'm passive aggressive I, you know by the end of this thing I, I, I can't wait to see where we are 30 minutes yeah. from now man this is getting tense
4: <laughs> no i think i think just, let me let
2: me ask you on a, a podcast in front of
3: people yeah, let's right? see
4: exactly. that's how our life is so yeah. Yeah. um i think you're not i mean i think you're way more if you had to choose between aggressive and passive aggressive like more which way you lean yeah, in conflict, definitely sure. towards
3: definitely yeah that's interesting um i would say yeah it's and this is where again i'm going back to like how useful this has been so foundational on how i receive audrey's energy and react to it and how audrey receives my protection of my peace of my nothing is going to get me you know (laughs) right now i've got a knot in my shoulder from all the work we've been doing coming up and i'm i'm getting ready to go for a long walk where Audrey's getting ready to write three more blog posts or something. I don't know. But so we respond very differently. But um, yeah, it's, I, I guess it, at the end of the day, it's funny. Cause isn't correct me if I'm wrong, you would know, but like the Enneagram is especially concerning couples. At the end of the day, the power dynamic is kind of the core. Is that a human thing?
2: Yes. There's yeah. power dynamics in every relationship.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: in but every for, single relationship.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's healthy ways that plays out in unhealthy ways. And I wonder, I mean, there's got to be a way we're all wired to mm. risk to in which way they should work out. Right. Or is it kind yeah. of an endless?
2: People just should be aware of power dynamics. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's not just in couples who are married. It's friends. It's coworkers, right. It's yep. everybody. There's always a power dynamic yep. moving and it shifts, you know, and it mm. but. Because there's never an equal moment. There's very few equal moments when it comes to power. You know. Yeah. Uh, Is
3: there anything you would tell an eight and nine, the fire and water, fire and ice duo, uh, as far as the that power struggle, that power dynamic? Any anything you would lay on us? Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I guess what I would say is, I think it's really important for couples in general to honor and respect and not try to change the other mm-hmm. into what they want them to be in order to feel better in the world themselves mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right but to yeah. let the other be completely and actually help the other become completely who they are
4: right that's
2: good yeah right uh, and that requires a lot of dying to yourself mhm definitely
3: and
4: that's where i think like the faith component of just this enneagram like enneagram in general right. has kept us not going over the deep end of making it into an excuse, but like, like you said, the dying to yourself, like, you know, the whole point of it is to get us to figure out things about ourselves that what are the things that need to change? And what are the things that we continue to press into, you know, yep. and, mm-hmm. and yeah, letting backed that up against process happen through marriage. Backed
3: and, up against who we were kind of created to be right. and the people we were, so, are supposed to become. And mm-hmm. on the never ending journey to be more like Christ, For us specifically, like this has just been a no-brainer, functional tool.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink
3: recycling with Renew.
0: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HastyRenew.com.
2: i doing so, for sure. Right. Audrey, what, so here's maybe a way of getting at that. What is it you wish Jeremy knew about himself and believed about himself, Hmm. but doesn't? But doesn't? Right. What do you wish he knew and believed about himself that he doesn't?
4: oh, that could get real deep, but... um...
2: (laughs) Well, you said let's go there.
3: Yeah,
4: I mean... Babe,
2: keep it a garden spade deep, please.
4: (laughs) What do I wish he knew? A garden spade?
3: Yeah, don't be taking no foot on top of some flathead shovel for this one.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... I mean, like, I don't know. This is just the first thing that came to my mind, okay? And this could be a very broad answer for anybody, not even an eight, nine dynamic. But I think just Jeremy needs to know that he measures up. That, like, what he's doing in all aspects, like, I feel like he sort of believes it, but, like, needs to believe it more. That, like, who he is and what he's doing measures up. That's what I would say.
2: (laughs) So, Jeremy, as, as Audrey was saying that, you did a very nine thing. <clears throat> you were looking off into the distance. Almost, you were looking down toward the ground. Almost <laughs> like you were moving into like what I call the nines. Like it's an ether dissociative kind of state. You kind of like sort of checked out and you were looking down at the ground. <laughs> well, I'm, was, just curious, was, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What? Where did that land for you when she said that? No, I was actually thinking
3: um, Audrey's done a... And again, this might be thanks to the Enneagram, but she's done a good job at, uh, I think, identifying that because there's been a couple times that she has told that to me, you know, over our pillow talk, if you will, just t- was telling me at night, like, hey, I just want you to know you're a good husband, you're a good leader and you measure up. And that's been very helpful for me in as I step into roles that might not come extremely natural to me, but I know I'm capable of and very good at, because I have been when I'm healthy mm-hmm. in the past, um, it's been helpful. But I think the reason for my brief, subtle disassociation with the conversation is because it got emotional for a quick brief second. <laughs> and then I waited for the butterfly to go away and
2: right. <laughs> re-engaged. But, so let me, but that's exactly what I I, I wanted to sort of, pin in on because i think this is important for nines for listening Mm -hmm. it moved you didn't it when she said that yeah for sure and what why why did it move you
3: oh well um probably because it was meaningful um first off and it came from a heart of sincerity from audrey and sometimes i like to i feel um disassociate myself with that because sometimes I come up against things I can't necessarily control that very easily and then it um I don't know just it's uh I want to say disturbing <laughs> it mm-hmm. disturbs me a little bit right that unrest feeling some people like Audrey thinks it's one of her favorite things is when we get into that you know emotional spot where her heart is stirring and it's like good and like although I can be romantic and I do I don't necessarily vibe on that and i don't think maybe this is a nine thing more than it's a male thing i don't know but um did i just go off on a rant again tell me no (laughs) no but
2: no you didn't i I, this is important though i think it's a really it's a it's important because i think the message that nines here growing up is your presence doesn't matter Hmm. that you're um That it's better just not to assert myself. Uh, It's better for me to just go with the flow. Don't rock the boat. Uh, And, you know, what's the point? Everyone else seems to have stronger opinions than I do. So why even bother, you know, putting it out there? I'll just go with what they want to do. And so for a nine to hear, you know, man, like you, you, you're worth asserting yourself. You're worth, you have what it takes Mm -hmm. to meet life uh go for it you know like as mary yeah, albert yeah. says you know <clears throat> rise up and take hold of your one wild and precious life yeah, yeah.
4: It's good
3: i feel like yeah. there's a fear associated with that definitely
4: mm-hmm.
3: what is it yeah i mean isn't that the question um
4: i think Ger- i think for Ger- whoa
2: look they- at that she's just started to answer well, the question <laughs>
4: quiet for a long time three seconds
2: i think yeah you guys are being hard on me (laughs) you can take it though trust me yeah yeah (laughs) seriously um but
3: okay i'll let
4: you then well no
3: i mean i i i there's when you're called to a higher standard Mm -hmm. you know i mean i think there's always a fear involved with it and some of it might be because you think you can actually do it and then what and then the other side of it is well what if it doesn't work and I think isn't that hmm. isn't that one of the roots of fear you know is that what if Um, so yeah I mean I, I don't know because I believe that and I feel like I I'm definitely as Audrey mentioned a unique nine in the sense that my entire life I've been assertive I've been you know kind of a leader in my friend group and my family and my parents being disabled, I was always the one doing everything, going up at eight, talking to the airport person, blah yeah. blah blah. I think that's so like I've a been trained to be a leader, but I think oh. at the same time, it goes against, in many ways, my core protection of my peace, And sometimes yes. I think it's mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, sometimes I personally say, "You know what? It's not worth it, maybe." And then mm-hmm. I sit back, and then that's yep. when Audrey comes at me with either a affirmation or b um um aggressiveness if you will you know of like hey get get up get out and go because you're capable and you're not and i need you to be and i need a i need a contender you know yes and when i don't this is awesome (laughs) yeah when when i when i don't contend with her then i'm kind of uh, losing, um, she's losing out on part of the relationship that she needs. And so, but for me, there's definitely a fear involved with that, I think, because if I did step up and became the healthiest nine ever, it's like, whoa, that could be really, really cool. But what if, you know, something doesn't work?
2: Mm. Yeah. So this is fantastic. Okay. Cause what you just described is health. Yes. You just described health. It's um when I asked you that question and then uh, Audrey, when you spoke, what you were doing was you were speaking into a wound in him, and every type carries a wound. You know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. all of us do, and and it's so important that we understand. Uh, I, like I think that love always begins with understanding. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it 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 begins with me really making making the effort and paying attention to my other, you know, to my wife Anne, that I can understand her but also understand particularly her suffering. Where is it she suffers? Mm. So I can speak into it in a way that uh, brings healing and that she has an awareness that I get it. I understand. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what gets moving. You know, it's like, Oh, you just spoke into the secret place in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. afraid that I don't have what it takes to lead, to assert myself, to, Live my one wild and precious life, you know. Like I'm yeah. afraid. So, all right. So, Jeremy, it's what good. what is it about Audrey that you wish she knew and believed about herself, but she doesn't?
3: Yeah. Um. I mean, I it's. I hope this isn't too classic, but I feel like I would tell Audrey, you. you are not proven by what you do and it's okay to relax (laughs) and what (laughs) and it's okay to relax
4: it's okay no
3: I, i honestly though i'm dead serious like i think that audrey in many ways thinks that her um the her output is her most valuable you know asset and that if she's not achieving or doing i mean this is so classic eight i feel but also just knowing the way audrey grew up and super super high functioning competitive athletes musicians and high achieving family you know there's there's this this bloodline and this spirit of Mm -hmm. of accomplishment and sometimes audrey i think in her when she's not um at her best you know believes that that like if you didn't do If you didn't achieve something today worth writing about, you know, then it wasn't a good day. Mm -hmm. And that manifests itself in some
2: heated fellowship ways. (laughs)
3: Yes.
2: (laughs) Audrey, Audrey, what did you feel like when when Jeremy said that?
4: I I think it's true. I mean, I just think it's true. But how did you feel? How did I feel? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I just I think I do need to be told that on a regular basis. I feel how do I feel? So, I don't
3: know. So here's a question. I feel
2: like it's for you maybe babe or Ian, but like I thought you were talking to me. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can call me baby babe. We've known each other for yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so sometimes I feel like Audrey wants me to comp if she doesn't do something, she wants me to compensate for it. Because something has to get done. And if it's not her, it has to be me then. And then we have this hmm, this discussion there. Because at the end of the day, it has to be bar. There has to be a bar that has to be met. And she doesn't mm-hmm. care who does it. But mm-hmm. then she speaks into me assertions that might not vibe with the way I think the day should roll out. Mm-hmm. So my question is kind of like, well, does something need to get done at all, you know? Or is it a matter of yeah, Jer? Like I do need to step up and and at least take one step towards our goals. Mm-hmm. So is that one step a day necessary? It doesn't matter who does it, or is it actually okay that nothing gets done one day? Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The ma- did that make sense, Ian? Yeah, no, it makes yeah. sense to
2: me. Yeah, I think I, I feel like
3: uh, yeah, I just feel like a ass- If Audrey and I were to assess that for her for audrey and her wound assessing that idea might be uh helpful for us you know mm. i don't know because it it obviously implies one of two outcomes it either implies like yeah i need to step up a little bit more or you need to step down a little bit more on the ambition side of things mm-hmm. because that's mm. your strength is ambition mm-hmm. so does mine need to rise or yours need to low mm-hmm. you know
2: man i think that's a moment to moment call yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think it's ever De- going to be. Definitely. No, right? definitely. So it's like watching uh, gauges. True. Like, you know, in, like in chemistry, they call it titrating. You know, you, add, you have two chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all going into the same beaker and you have, uh, you've got two controls. You know, you need to get a little bit more of this one, a little bit more of that one. And so I think that so much of marriage is just paying attention. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's staying awake and paying attention. Do we need yep. a little bit more of that? Do we need a little more of this? Is it time to yeah. back up? Is it time get to go forward? And you're not always gonna get it right. And the but,
3: ingredients are always changing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes,
2: sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. But you can the two of you can be such a gift to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is this is the thing. And you know, we were you were just talking about like two, two, you know, an immovable like a mountain. You can be the mountain, you know, Audrey, you tend to be the storm, right? Mm-hmm. A mountain is solid and it just it's it's there, right? The storm mm-hmm. needs the mountain in a way. You know what I mean? Like you need mm-hmm. something that's immovable because you're on the move all time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jeremy, you need the power of the storm in your life, you know? And, yeah. To, otherwise um, I'll just sit there stoic. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. You know? So again, you're, you're always kind of constantly, you know, m- mixing the colors and it's, it's always titrating. It's always mixing. The, what, what's the right balance between these two energies? Yeah, that that's we good. bring to this relationship, you know, but that requires years of learning each other mm-hmm. and it can get sparky. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as you yeah. learn yeah. <clears throat> it, because the those chemicals can be combustible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right. That's I mean, good... they can they can get pretty combustible. So For sure, Jeremy, um, you know, one of the struggles that nines have in relationships um, like nines often seek out relationships with powerful personalities. Yeah. Um, and the reason is that um, it's easy for the nine who's not aware. Okay. So I'm now I'm talking about kind of an unhealthy, average, not very awake nine. So I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about nines. Okay. Just yep, yep. so to, so to make that clear. Because they can ride on the energy of the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like They can go like, wow, I'm outsourcing the power right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this person has all the energy, let him do it. I'm just going to like ex- I'm going to expend as few calories as I can <laughs> riding behind this person. It's like drafting behind a racer. Yeah, yeah, on, on bikes, right? Yeah. It's um, it's it's brilliant.
1: <laughs>
2: oh dear. <laughs> now the but see now here's the thing. It's interesting back at the beginning of the interview you mentioned uh, this this notion of becoming one, right? Yeah. So the danger for the nine can be that they confuse becoming one uh, with fusing with somebody else. It's a good thought, yeah. So I think, you know, just going back to the dynamic of your relationship, I mean, part of the journey for you two will always be, or, or the thing you have to guard against, Jeremy, I think is, um, how do I become fully myself, uh, in psychology we call it individuated, differentiated. How do I become my own person separate from Audrey? Yeah. Pursuing my own ambitions, my own dreams, uh, asserting myself, offering my opinions, my viewpoints, my perspectives. How do I do that with strength? And to be separate, so not merging, which is what nines tend to do. They tend to get blurry and to merge into the, the big energy of the other, right? Mm-hmm. And Audrey, for you, so much of it is like, how do I make space Mm -hmm. for Jeremy to become that person? Because you occupy a lot of space as an eight, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you're just a larger than life presence. So it, it, it gets, you know, it fills a room, like literally you can fill a room with your energy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I make space for Jeremy to Mm -hmm. become that person? And like, Because I think becoming one is a good goal. I think communion is a great idea, Mm -hmm. okay? Like, communion is a goal in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think people often, and nines will do this, and eights will go along with it. They confuse fusion with communion. So Mm -hmm. how do I put this? Like, imagine two candles. You're holding two candles, and they're sharing the same flame. You can't tell which one. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But there's... One flame, but you can see that there are two candles.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, that's a great, I think, visual metaphor for a good relationship. The danger with an eight, nine combination or nine, you know, will do is that they'll fuse to try and make it one candle and they will just mm-hmm. say, let the eight be the candle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of becoming their <laughs> own definitely.
3: person. Yeah. That's really good. And I feel like we have definitely come up against that. To be f- to be fair, we've had the, the con- as we pursue our work ventures specifically, you know, we have come up against conversations that have recognized the fusing of us. And a big tension point is that we need some of that separation because we work together and um, we own a company with multiple, you know, business fronts and mm-hmm. and there's we do a lot of things and none of it could work without one of us. Right. Mm-hmm. But we definitely are coming up on those conversations because I've got my own dreams. But if we're not careful, uh, they won't happen because there's a larger mm-hmm. uh, sphere in the room that's pulling, you know, to a lot of gravity being, you know, Audrey and her energy. And so we're trying to figure out how to carve space to pursue some other things. And maybe it's just asserting the idea or maybe it's just deciding what that is and pursuing it or maybe we don't know we're having those conversations but we're so tracking with you as you explained that because yes we we're in that um Mm -hmm. and we we know exactly what that feels like.
2: i think it's like in a band when when the the two artists decide to make their own records Mm -hmm. and and yeah yeah they make their own records right Uh, they go off and they do solo projects and i think Mm -hmm. sometimes in a marriage and i i encourage my wife on this and she's doing so much work right now it's so great um Uh, she, you know, I've been in recovery for a long time and, and she goes to Al-Anon. She's really sort of gotten into it lately and it's really like bringing her a lot of strength, you know, to realize you're you and I'm me, Yeah, you you know, like we are two separate things and because I have a big personality and, and when we got married, trust me, her part of her desire, I think unconscious desire in marrying a big personality was this is great. He can do. I can just ride on the back end of all this energy mm-hmm. and, and, and save calories. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like just save calories and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, emotional, psychological and spiritual calories. And, right. and, um, and it worked for a while, but here's the problem. And I'm just talking to you from a 31 year marriage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get down the road and an eight or a four like me starts to feel like, you know, I'm getting a little, you know, I'm getting a little bored. Like because your energy isn't meeting mine, you know, mm-hmm. and and then there's then you can get some tension, you can yeah. get some friction in the marriage, mm-hmm. and I think what's so great is, you know, I think it's important for the for for an eight to say the nine and the nine to say the eight. Why don't you go make a solo record? Go be mm-hmm. your own person, yep. separate from this relationship. Totally. Yep, I you think know? that's
4: I I think that is something that actually we have been. More intentional about lately, just yeah. E- even since having our daughter, it, just in the past like year and a half, you know, we do do so much together. But I think because we do so much together, that's part of the reason why we have had to give ourselves that. You know, we have had yep. to kind of tell each other that. And Jeremy right now is doing this massive building a table. What is it called? A resin table? Yeah, the resin table. Building. He's but doing th- this. I mean, that's just, this, That's a but, hobby. But, but yeah, I know it's a hobby, but it's still just like this. I don't understand that at all, like totally separate thing that he is doing that I have no part of the success of it at all and have no skill sets to offer whatsoever. But in the same sense, like I'm interested in it and I want him to tell me about it. And I want we have this chapter in our book called The Principle of Sharing. And it comes from this concept in one of our favorite books about like if your spouse loves something or if the person that you love loves something there must be something to love about it and so it doesn't mean you have to like go adopt all the same hobbies and do all the same things but like you said Ian before like understanding what that person loves about it in order to understand them better you have to at least try it and like for Jerry and I there was just lots of different things that like we've sort of done that give and take in. Like, Jeremy hated running, but he ran a half marathon for me. And I hated soccer, but I watched the World Cup with him. Just to be able to understand, like, I learned so much about Jeremy just by learning about how much he loves the World Cup, you know? And he learned so much about me by running that half marathon and training for it. And so, like, there there needs to be these separate ventures, but there also needs to be a willingness to, like, not just check out on them. You know what I mean? For sure. So...
2: I think I mean that's a it's a good place for us to start winding up, um, mm-hmm. because I think um one of the things I've enjoyed about this conversation is I think you're all pretty healthy <laughs> I mean that's just you know it's not like but it's not like I'm like the love god you know who yeah, can, like yeah. you know <laughs> do an assessment in fifty eight minutes of your your but right you know like like I pressed you on some stuff, and mm-hmm. it was kind of really beautiful to watch. I mean, I feel like you're embodying. Yeah, I mean, you, you, look it this way, you're a whole heck of a lot more self-aware than I was uh, at five years into marriage, you know? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, more awake, you know mm. what I mean? Like more, yeah. att- more attuned to what is mm. happening here to mm-hmm. this yeah. moment, what is happening in this person, in this relationship at this moment. We just mm. weren't even thinking in those categories.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, you know, I, I think it's beautiful to, to just be witness to things and, and uh, you. you know, push a little bit and see what comes comes yeah. of it, you know, because it's yep. rich. It's really rich. Yeah. And I think um you know I'm eager to to read your book and i find more. I love I love the title uh oh, Love Letter Life. A Love Letter Life Pursue Creatively, Date Intentionally, Love Faithfully. It comes out April 2nd. Oh my Lord. Yeah uh, we're on uh, top on of Sondervan. it here. Oh my gosh. Well know. you know, get ready. <laughs> Put your yeah, every, cool. everybody put your pants on. It's gonna yeah. get, it's gonna get it's gonna get busy out there. Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> um, of course you know people can check out your blog. Uh, uh, beating fifty 50%, percent, beating 50%. yeah yeah or even
3: even more so. If you just want to see everything we're up to, you can just go to the rolloffs dot com. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, we got got
3: quite it's a few. It kind
4: of takes you to all the different. <laughs> quite all a few irons
2: in the fire yeah <laughs> nice. that's kind of the Pick one-stop shop <laughs> all right so go to the roloffs, R-O-L-O-F-F-S dot com. yeah yep. check out their podcast behind the scenes yep and uh what else man what else do i need to tell people about you they get plugged into all the goodness you're doing
3: man, just, man.
4: our names on social media
2: yep having which a lot are? of
3: fun trying to be intentional <laughs> yeah which is audrey roloff and jeremy roloff we're big on right. instagram if you want to really kind of follow us and Great. And get plugged in. That's kind of where we like to hang out.
2: So, fantastic, yeah. guys! Thank all... you so, thank you so much for being on.
4: Yeah, yeah hey, Ian, this, this was, was awesome, Ian. This was a pleasure. We're gonna be recapping our conversation afterwards. You know. Yeah. <sighs> Or maybe I will be. We'll
3: see. I'm about to head we'll to see. the garage and have a, a, could, have a, drink. a 1201 <laughs> drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Go eat yourself a like, a, like a, like a go to a moon pie in the garage yeah, and yeah, like throw, yeah. throw back a Schlitz. Okay. Um, that'll be good. So oh, uh, no, seriously, this was a, this was a real gift for me and, oh, and uh, I appreciate That's it. Too. Yeah. And to listen, typology listeners, be sure to check out the roll offs. Be sure to check out their book. Uh, Uh, A Love Letter Life pursue creatively date intentionally love faithfully it drops April 2nd and uh, remember the words of the great author Oscar Wilde be yourself everybody else is already taken
0: see ya